1: Alright, it'll be Bucks hosting the Detroit Lions on Sunday, a throwback Sunday. They're gonna wear the cream sickles. And this is one where the Bucks would have a much better chance if they had Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks in their prime. <laughs> I don't um, listen, I, I'm really excited about this game because it's not too many times that a Detroit Lions team is as, as good as this one is. I mean I look at it, Steve, and if I look at the NFC, it's San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Detroit. And, and, and not coincidentally, those are the top three rushing teams in the NFL. And when you can run the ball when you want to and be as effective as these three teams have been and as physical as they are, and then all three of them have really good defenses, it's not a surprise. This is how good this Detroit team is going back to last November – and I'm here to tell you, if the Bucs pull this off, if they are able to win this game at home at Raymond James Stadium, which will look more like the old som- eh, the old sombrero, the big sombrero, um, if it, it, it'll be all painted up and it's going to be exciting and the orange is going to be out. If they're able to win this game by Sunday, and it's been flexed, it's at 425, remember that, by Sunday at around 8 o'clock, you could make an argument, and a pretty good one, that maybe the Bucs are the third best team in the NFC. It'd be four and one. How about that? Well, who would have guessed that? And who would have
0: Ugh. thought that going in? And, and really, aren't the Lions the team the Bucks want to be? Yeah. A really good defense. That's,
1: yeah. Run the Runs ball. The football. Which they run the ball a lot.
0: They don't do it very effectively, but they run it a lot. That's what they're trying yep. to do. They are. You know, impose your will on teams, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bucks are trying to
1: become. And they're going up against a team that's doing it now. Right, no, it's it's a good point because what Todd Bowles wants to do is what Dan Campbell is doing, playing complementary football, being physical, and they've got a quarterback, quite frankly, that is underrated as hell. Um, you know, I think you know people remember Jared Goff and being the first overall pick and going to the Rams. He went to a Super Bowl really early in his career. Now they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots in a very low-scoring game. They weren't very good on offense that day, and then of course, you know the rams decide to deal him to detroit and make the deal for matthew stafford and they win a super bowl right so the juxtaposition of that is is glaring if you're if you're jared golf plus you know you're going from la to detroit which wasn't exactly a vacation land um so there was this feeling that he was kind of a scourge you know like oh he failed he flopped another first overall pick and, you know sent him off to siberia whatever and Detroit slowly built around him and continued to build until all of a sudden, don't look now, Jared Goff is like one of the top-rated quarterbacks in this league, and he's having a hell of a year. Not to mention, the other two times he's played Todd Bowles' defense, he's lit him up in the air. I mean, he really has. They, they had uh, the one game during the 2020 season when he played for the Rams, and you know Tom Brady's first year, and I think you know he he threw like fifty something times, complete you know over three hundred something yards I think, and they won the game by a Matt Gay field goal I think that was uh, one of the years that uh, that that Matt had just been you know picked up or whatever by the Rams, and it was it was during that time of the season in twenty twenty where they went and lost at home to the Rams and at home to Kansas City might have been in reverse order. But he threw the ball a lot, almost every down, it seemed. And he was very effective and very efficient. And the Rams won that game. And then uh, maybe a year later, I want to say, um, the Bucks went out to Los Angeles in the old Coliseum before SoFi was completed. And he put up over 500 yards of passing that day. <laughs> so Jared Goff has been very, very good against Todd Bowles and this defense. And now he has... Like I said, the third best running game in the NFL, a really good offensive line, some some outstanding receivers, and a running back in David Montgomery, uh, who is just a bell cow, and and you know, just just you know one of the top running backs in the league. And then they have the change of pace back uh, in Jameer Gibbs. They've got everything. They've they've got a you know a top flight tight end. Um, Laporta, Sam Laporta might be—he's nicked up, so I don't know exactly what his status is going to be. Really good offensive line, good receivers, and Saint Brown and Marvin Jones Jr. and all that. So, really tough football team. And then defensively, you got a problem with Aiden Hutchinson and and some other guys on that defense. They just don't give up very much. So this game is got like you know a great opportunity for the bucks and i just keep going back to a couple weeks ago and of course they had the bye week but two games ago i should say for tampa bay when they lost to the eagles it felt like the eagles came in here clearly you know different weight class um pretty much could run it well they 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 schemed up the bucks defense a little bit they got they got over 200 yards rushing on tampa bay that day and then you know the, then the bucks kind of bounced back i mean i i think you know new orleans really wanted to run it and and they tried to run it and throw it to Alvin Kamara, but, but their tackling was so good, they were so sound in their gaps that they kind of shut down that whole plan. Uh, and now this is this is the kind of a a repeat of the Philly situation where you have a really good team coming in here at home that's going to try to impose their will on you, and so you wonder if the Bucks will be better positioned this time. Uh, to be more competitive than they were even against the Eagles, because uh, I just felt like the Eagles were were at a different level. Maybe the Bucks have have grown up a little bit since then. Um, it's kind of hard to say, but I give them, I give them a good chance. I mean, and and one of the reasons why I think they could be better, at least defensively, and we'll have to see if this is going to occur or not. But I think it will as we as we do this podcast. Kaleja Kansi is going to play in this game, and not only is he going to play, but if he's able to beat Kaleja Kansi, the the guy we saw for 11 plays in the season opener against Minnesota, he was impactful just in those 11 plays. He had a quarterback kick hit. He had a quarterback pressure. His ability to rush the passer and the speed that he brings to their defense – when you couple that next to Vita Vea, who's who's having a good year even without him, but is being double teamed on every play, and still you know is off to a great start, leading the team in sacks with three and a half, I think Kansy and Vita will prevent that quarterback, in this case, Goff, from stepping up, uh, and it's going to create opportunities on the outside for guys like Joe Tryon, Shoenka, and Chad Garrett. and that's that's when you get those sacks because those quarterbacks. Have to roll right or left. They can't step up because there is too much speed in there and power. In the case of Via, so it all kind of works together. I talked to Joe Tryon uh the other day, and he says, "Man, I, I just I can't wait to see you know all of us get together. and It'll just be chaos in there." Uh, and it was, you know, for the brief time that Kansi played against Minnesota, but he's really excited about the rookie who, you know, is by all accounts just a really special player. And it's unfortunate that he hurt his calf so early in training camp missed all the preseason, tried to come back against Minnesota and then uh, aggravated that thing. So they've taken it really slow with him this time. Again, um, the bye week, you know, is just an extra week. And then he gets a week, you know, uh, practice before he has to play on Sunday. Um, so he's going to be, I, I think, a factor in this game if he does play. And and maybe that, that kind of buoys him too. I mean, they're as healthy as they're going to be. Short of not knowing exactly what we're going to get from Mike Evans because, um, you know, even though he was limited in practice on Thursday, the real test is going to be Friday. And as we do this podcast, we don't know yet just exactly how he's going to feel when he runs full speed. But Mike Evans doesn't miss many games. And sometimes to his own detriment or the detriment of the team. Several years ago, first year, I think that Tom was here I want to say, or maybe it was a second, but I think it was the first. They played uh, that terrible game at Chicago where he probably shouldn't have been on the field, and they lost. Uh, they lost in that one with uh, you know a bunch of penalties and things. So I, I think if you know Evans should be healthy. He's about the healthiest they're going to be the rest of the year because they got a long haul to go with such an early bye week. But it did it did sort of come in a good time in that they have both corners back. They they've got Savatcha Dennis back as as a linebacker if they need him. Uh, the other guy that needed to heal up was Devin White, who had a foot injury, and he had been playing on a bad wheel since Philadelphia. You remember that interception he had that should have probably been a, a pick six or would have been had he been able to motor, uh, and he wasn't able to do that. So, you know, he should be full go. So I, I just I just think it's it's going to be a really entertaining game if the Bucks can avoid, you know, getting behind. That's the one thing that you can't do to get to this team is is have to play catch-up against that defense. That and you can't lose the turnover battle. True. Oh, that's true. You know. Absolutely. And particularly and kind of, a
0: team that can run the ball and has a good defense. You start losing uh-huh. the turnover battle. That's a that's a hard way to catch back up.
1: And that's the biggest reason. If you're going to point to a reason, one of many, mm-hmm. but if you're going to point to a big reason why the Bucs are 3-1, and one, it's yep. because they're like a plus 7, you know, in the giveaway-takeaway. And Baker Mayfield has done an unbelievable job mm-hmm protecting the football and and they have done a good job protecting baker i mean you realize you know for all the the the, sort of the you know pushback that the bucks got with their offensive line a year ago and the uncertainty of it this year um they've only allowed one sack per game and that ranks second in the nfl they've only given up four sacks this year baker mayfield's a big part of that because he can extend plays and keep plays alive but i can tell you that that of late, at least, well, since after Minnesota and then in this past game, like the Bucks coaches have been on Baker about, look, you know, this is great that you, you know, in the moment, if you got a chance to get a first down and win the game or something like that, we get it. But for the most part, like, you know, they need him for 17, hopefully plus weeks. He's going to have to be a little a little smarter about, you know uh avoiding contact because the worst thing that could happen would be get him hit. I know there's Kyle Trask fans out there and all of that, but they really the way Baker is playing, you want to keep him around, you know, for the whole season if you can, and it was about this time a year ago that he got hurt in Carolina. So, he's got to be mindful of that even though he's able to extend plays and do some things, you know, throwing the ball kind of on the run and stuff. Um this is not a team that you want to mess with. I thought it was funny earlier this week, we talked a little bit about this, that, you know, uh, Luke Gedeke is really going to be the guy that primarily, I think, is going to be going up against Aiden, H- Aiden Hutchinson. And and Gedeke, um, you know, was the one that said, and, and he praised Hutchinson for what he has done and what a great player he is. But then he said, but to be honest, I've already played against, you know, two better players. <laughs> and so um, one of them being Cameron Jordan. So it's kind of like... And then, and I think I said this on on the other day on the podcast that uh, shortly thereafter the Lions' defensive coach started following me on Twitter. So you can bet that those some copies of those stories have probably been printed and are now bulletin board up there in Detroit. But uh, that's going to be a matchup, you know. And Tristan Wirfs will have to face him a few times as well. You have to know where Aiden Hutchinson is, but they got other players on that defense that are good too. So it, it's just. It's just it's just shaping up like a big-time game, which is why they flexed it to 425. Um, the Bucks, you know, it's one of those statement games. And it's funny because we talked to Dave Canales, and we're talking about, you know, hey, when is the dam going to break? When is the run game going to explode? You know, you, you know, the Bucks haven't had but one 100-yard rushing game uh, in two years, and that was last year in Germany with Rashad White, and you're just waiting for it. And he goes, you know, at some point, and he goes, I don't know when it's going to be, and, and, you know, but we're going to have what is what is a statement game, you know, an offense where everything you do on the run game works and in the passing game it works. And you just kind of, you know, kind of feel your way and, and get explosive. And, um, and, and then from that point on, you know, you're, you're good. You know, you know what you're capable of. But it, it really hasn't been completely in concert between run and pass. And they're really surviving on just extraordinarily play on third down by Baker Mayfield. I mean, his numbers on third down are sick, and I thought they did a better job, especially last week, of sort of getting him in better third down situations where you know they came out and they threw a little bit more on first down, and um, you know maybe it was second and four, second and three, that sort of thing. So that certainly helps. But here's his third down this season. This is this is stupid good. Thirty-one of thirty-nine. For 322 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. His rating on third down is 140.7. 140.7, that's the best in the league. Closest, next closest entering the Thursday night game anyway was Patrick Mahomes at 125.5. You cannot play better at quarterback in the biggest down than what Baker Mayfield has done. No, it's
0: been incredible, and that's why the Bucs are 3-1. and one. No question. And, you know, I always look forward to out-of-bye weeks, mean that's the time when you self-scout yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm.
0: Dave Canales, new offensive coordinator, has had four yep. games he's called. right? But now he had a, a week off to kind of self-scout himself. Are we running yeah. too much on first down? Are we not mm-hmm. doing this? Are we doing this too much? You know, so it'll be interesting what adjustments are made. Right. I mean, we remember back, you know, three years ago with Tom Brady, a different story, different s- circumstance, but the adjustments Probably they, they made coming stuff. out of that bye – led them yeah. to the Super Bowl sure did and, they won eight in a row you know and Dave Canales being a new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. it's called four games since high school these four right you know, it'll right. be really interesting to see what adjustments they've made and, and and some may be obvious some may not be but you know the adjustments the self scouting they've done and and how things may be different going forward
1: knowing how successful they've already been mm-hmm yeah, they they got more meat on the bone. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know if this is going to be really the team or the defense that you're going to have that statement game per se. Um, but they certainly can play um, more efficient. And and I think he kind of hit it. He he kind of said it. You know, last week he goes, "Look, I after the Philly game, we realized, you know, let's just get some first downs. You know, like let's have good, good, good sort of." production on first down and whether that was a run because i think they were trying to you know pound it up in there but you can also have a short throw and maybe pick up five or six yards and now you're on schedule now you're second and four third and two you know and you don't even have to go to third down but if you do you want it in a short yardage situation so they were able to do that against new orleans and were really successful and, and, and didn't have such an awfully slow start like they had in previous games so I'm sure he's going to try to do some of that again um, because, like I said, this is a really difficult defense uh, at every level. they got playmakers, but you, you don't want to fall behind this team because they will absolutely feast on you, and it's going to be a long day. And that's one thing we haven't seen Baker, you know, really, you know, you know even against Philadelphia, the game was still somewhat at hand, um, but we haven't seen him have to bring him back by, you know, two, three scores, that sort of thing late in the game. So you don't want to get in that position with this team because they're they're just really, really good. We're going to talk a little playoff baseball here in just a second, but you guys, I hope you survived this latest uh, tropical storm. There's some tornadoes out there in Clearwater and various places around the west coast of Florida. You already know, though, it's still hurricane season, right? Uh, There's still time to keep your power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there's no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs, plus May Electric Solar offers you a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month, and if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing M phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup, or just to get started, call 727-819-2862, or you can visit MayElectricSolar.com. Have you been watching any of the baseball playoffs, Steve? Uh, A little bit. You know, attaboy. Attaboy, Rick. (laughs) Well, we'll get into that in a second, but I I will say, uh, and and of course, I I love the Phillies and, and Bryce Harper and just the looseness. In uh, almost uh, the way they crave the attention in the stage, uh, the last couple of years. But um, what to make of the hundred win teams that were eliminated so quickly from this postseason? Well, you wonder if the five
0: days off for the teams that get bys have hurt them. You know, baseball is a game of you play every day, you get in a rhythm, you you know, yep. hitting feel you know everything you do, and then all of a sudden you get five days off. While other teams are playing. And now the Dodgers and the Orioles and the Braves, as we're taping this, are down 3 to. How about Nick Castellanos, by the way? Oh, my gosh. First player in Major League Baseball history to hit multiple home runs in back-to-back postseason games. That's crazy. I know.
1: So the crazy. Phillies
0: are up, what, 3-1? 3-1. One as, one as we're taping this and, and about
1: to eliminate mm-hmm. the Braves if they hold on to win this game. And, and I'm telling you, I, I'm I was convinced that that the Braves were the best team in the National League, and I don't even think it was. I mean, the Dodgers had a good year, obviously, but I really thought the Braves would be that team, and and they're going to fall mm-hmm. to a hotter team offensively. Yeah, and that's I mean, it's I mean, it's really what the postseason about is
0: stars. Yeah, it and, is. And Bryce it really Harper is. rises to the occasion, much like we saw Randy Arozarena do that. Yep, back in yep. 2020, and and even had a. Good postseason the next year. No, the rest of his team wasn't having a good season or right, The
1: last the last three years, Randy has has you know, the big stage has not bothered him. In fact he's kind of thrived on it. No, he loves way. the big stage. Absolutely sure. loves it. And and that's what you need in the postseason.
0: Oh it's, yeah. It's it's you need stars that can rise to the occasion, big
1: stars that that know how to come through in those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have as much a problem. Like if they, they expanded the, the you know the playoffs, and they have mm-hmm. the extra teams and stuff. So, you know, to me, the idea of okay, you know, in the case of the Rays, you didn't win the division, but you had the best record among wild cards, so you're going to host the wild card series, and it's the best of three, which is not a long series, and you rarely play one mm-hmm. that's the best of three. But nonetheless, that home field advantage should mean something to you. And the Rays the last three postseasons just haven't done anything, you know, and and this was probably their worst because not only did they not hit, they didn't pitch and they didn't play defense, so it was just an epic fail. Now, you can say it was, and then you watch the Rangers go up and and take care of Baltimore, uh, which did win the division in over 100 games, and and maybe you should give the the Texas Rangers a lot more credit than you should blame, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what you do if you're going to have those wild card series, you know, I I think two out of three, while a short series and anything can happen, is is a, is about right. Where I would come down is you're right. Those teams that have to wait uh, until that wild card round is over and haven't played, I think you got to play four out of seven. Yeah, I think in you know in football the
0: bye week, it, the rest, the that is is it's oh, is beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if it isn't, but now. You know, can you get your pitchers lined up? Can you, yeah, sure, you know, set that your helps. rotation, things like that. But you know, we also mm-hmm. see pitchers that when they go that long between games, don't pitch well. And, yeah, that's right. You know, don't have the same feel and command. You know, maybe for your starter, it's not as bad, but some of those bullpen arms, well, that's right. You know, to go that long in between, and yeah, you can throw in between, but it's not the same as a game. We know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. And swings and timing and and you know, now it's only the second year of this format, and it's. You know, I know Rob Manfred's preaching for patience with the format. You know, as we're seeing, what <laughs> seven of the first eight uh, wild yeah. card series have been sweeps of the best of yep. three, and now yep. you're seeing, you know, basically all the top seeds going down in the in before you get to
1: the league championship series. Yeah, and that's the one that'll get the attention. What'll get their mm-hmm. attention is that wait a minute, all these teams won, you know, ninety nine, ninety eight, 100 something games, and and they're not competitive at least. They're getting swept and they're getting knocked out pretty quickly in this second round, and I I think what why that will get their attention is, you know, you want the best teams to be in the World Series, you know, you and also you don't want to render the biggest mistake is you don't want to render the regular season irrelevant, right? If it's not as much of a home field advantage as as it's made out to be, then what's the incentive to win the division? You know, what's the one hundred and sixty two all about? because you don't want to cheapen the regular season by by having results of, you know, hey, here's a wild card team and and you know, they took out all the top seeds and you know, it's not really uh, beneficial to rewarding a team that wins that wins that division. So, you got to mm-hmm. be careful there. And that's what that's why I'm kind of thinking about, you know, cuz cause, cause, hey, you know, even if you, you know, you you're playing that that divisional uh, round and, and you lose a couple games, um, if it's a four-game series, you can come back. If it's a three-game series or three out of five, you're you you're you're in deep trouble. You know, you're not going to dig your way out of that. So I just wonder if they and, – and, you know, they talk about, well, the length of the season and now you're playing in November. Look, you're playing in November anyway. Um, whether it's November 3rd, 1st, 2nd, 4th, I, I'm not sure it's going to make a whole hell of a lot of difference. Um, but – It would just be nice to make sure you have the best teams, you know, given the best opportunities to win and advance. But, hey, you got to credit teams like the Phillies and and others that have uh, Mm – you know, Texas Rangers have come in and gotten it done, man. Well, look, uh, the the wild cards expanded and were created because of
0: teams like the Yankees missing the playoffs. Right. And when you start eliminating teams like the Dodgers and the Braves, and and this year the Red Sox, Yankees, Cardinals weren't in it to begin with, but you start eliminating the biggest teams in baseball – the ones that draw eyeballs and television viewing—that's mm-hmm. when the change happens, because we know that the television contracts can force change quicker right. than almost anything else in sports. Right. And it doesn't matter the sport was baseball, whatever. You know, television dictates almost everything at this point. Sure it does, mm-hmm. because that's where the bulk of the the, the money's coming from.
1: You know, I mean, you know,
0: there's a reason certain teams are on Monday night football and Sunday night football more often than others.
1: Yeah, it's about the eyeballs, yeah. You know,
0: a lot of it is based on how good they are, but a lot of it's based on the brand and the team. And, and the market, yeah. You know, we'll see how what the baseball ratings are. if You know, if the Braves and Dodgers, probably the two biggest brands in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, what the ratings look like going forward after that, we'll see. I mean, you know, if it's a, what, Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series. That'd be tough. Be curious what the, the ratings would be. I, it could be a really good World Series, right? But when it comes but to television eyeballs and watching that, in, watch it. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's what
1: a lot of it will tell. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, maybe some writer after the game can influence the outcome of these. What do you think? Did you see this ridiculous? I think it's ridiculous because I'm coming at it from a, a reporter's point of view, but. Um. Remember the Phillies? They lost Game Two of the NL uh, Division Series to the Braves, and you know they had a four to nothing lead, and and uh, Trey Turner had a couple errors, and and then the game ended with Bryce Harper getting picked off of first base. It was a nice play in the outfield, uh, even a better sort of relay, quick throw to first, and they double them off. Okay, so against that backdrop game is over the clubhouse doors open uh reporters go in and that's a big damn story you know that bryce harper kind of had this base running blunder and got you know ended the game but brave shortstop orlando arcia is going around the locker room with clubhouse sort of mocking harper and he's saying ha ha attaboy harper attaboy harper right now it didn't take long because there's journalists in there and they're writing stories. Now, if I'm if I'm going in there and, and I'm writing a story about that game and it ended with Harper getting picked off, I may start there. I may start with, hey, what happened? What are they saying about this incredible play? What are they saying about the base running blunder? All of that. Okay. And now here's a guy in Arcia going around, you know, saying, Attaboy Harper, attaboy Harper. Um, well, Harper goes out the next night, and he hits just two absolute bombs. Right, one one to the, almost out of the stadium in right field, the other one over four hundred feet to center field, and both times he rounds second base. He he absolutely throws daggers and glares at at Arcia, like you know, look what you made me do, to quote Taylor Swift. And so, okay, so that's drama, and it's sort of a. Kind of a in your face and, and you know payback or whatever you want to call it that's fine. But it didn't end there because even though the Phillies won ten to ten to two, um, at that time to give them a two one lead in, in the uh, in the playoff series, uh, you know both Harper and, and some people, you know with uh, with both teams really. Uh, had some things to say about it. And, you know, Harper was like, look, it's a super competitive game we play. and Both sides of the ball. Enjoy the commentary and things like that. And I listen to the radio and all this stuff all the times, And it's just part of the reason we play. There's nothing like it. And he just loves those moments. And any motivation, he goes, anytime anybody says something, right? That's what it's all about. It's It's motivation. Okay? But there are those out there including some even on mlb network that are like wait a minute wait a minute this was ridiculous this is the the lock the clubhouse is a sanctuary okay what the clubhouse is a sanctuary that you're invited into and you how dare you report something that you overheard because you were a guest in their sanctuary wrong Mm, no not at all that is wrong it's just i'm sorry been in many of those so-called sanctuaries when they open the doors at at designated times in the NFL ten minutes cooling off period or during the week or you know in case of baseball whenever those clubhouse doors open to the media, okay, those players are aware that their sanctuary now includes a bunch of reporters, and so they're being interviewed they're being questioned uh they're being observed quite frankly uh and so from that perspective if you're in there you have to be aware and you are made aware that the media is in the clubhouse and that you're going to be held you know somewhat accountable if you say or do something really titanically dumb right and not only that but but you know what rca did was very relevant because that's how the game ended like if I'm a beat writer, I'm going in there and I'm writing about that. I'm writing about Harper getting picked off. I want to know sort of what the reaction is. And I've got a guy going around, attaboy Harper, attaboy Harper, mocking him. You think I'm not going to use that? And furthermore, why can't I? Like, you invited me here. You know I'm in this clubhouse and you're still doing it. So so what What part of the sanctuary are you violating? And, And like I said... Uh, who was the the, the lady from uh, MLB Network, had some stuff to say about Elena it. Rizzo, I believe. Elena Rizzo, yeah, And which, by the way, she, she called the reporter, and it was not just him, it was also the Washington Post. She called the reporter a jack-off. Like, oh, so now we're going to argue who's being unprofessional with that comment, right, with the name-calling of a reporter who's simply doing their job. So I might be a little hypersensitive to this because of the position that I hold, but – I don't know, Steve. I mean, you you've been on both sides of it. You've been part of, of broadcast teams and you know what the clubhouse is and you know what it is there for and you know how often and how long baseball writers in particular spend with players. Mm-hmm. But does this seem like something that would be off limits to, to 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 anyone? It's not a reporter's job to protect players.
0: Right. That's not what their job is. Right. You know, now, we know years ago a lot of that happened. I mean, Reporters I'm didn't sure. report Mickey Mantle's drinking and, no. uh-uh. and many other things. Well, and how about steroids? Well, <laughs> and steroids, you, you know? know. Although some of that was – visible, some, There was some reporting. Yeah, but. yeah, some of it. But a reporter's job is to report on the game and the players and the impacts yeah. on, on the store. You know, Arcea was, whether it's just trash talk, joking around. I mean, right. you know, the context does matter a little bit in his comments, but – Yeah, I shouldn't say it does matter, but that's talking about the biggest play of the game that that won
1: the game for the Braves. Right, he's mocking a player who was doubled off to end the game. You know, this wasn't a personal vendetta that he had against some guy on another club that had nothing to do with the outcome. Right, this was Mm -hmm. this was Bryce Harper ending the game in a a doubled up situation, and he's saying, "Out of boy Harper." Loud enough for many people, if not everyone, to hear, right? He's sort of mocking him. Now, he may be trying to entertain his teammates or what have you. But the fact of the matter is, it's, you know, reporters are in there. And you have to be.
0: And you know the report. And in the postseason, there's a lot of them in there.
1: Yeah, there are. Sure there
0: are. Look, I've been in many clubhouses. It's obvious when the reporters are in there. And they tell everybody. Doors open. No.
1: Yeah. Doors open. I mean, they, they let everyone That's, know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that you can conduct yourself or go back in the trainer's room or go sit in a cold tub. I don't know, whatever it is you do or get get dressed. Like, there's a lot of reasons for the the warning, but it happens every day. And, in a posting, and the other part of this is that it doesn't make sense to me either is that like, okay, I don't think you violated the sanctuary of anything, but even if you felt that you wish that that had not been written and that, you know, Harper wasn't aware of it. Here's the thing. No matter what chip on the shoulder that he had, what about the guy that threw the pitch that served up the 600-foot home run or the next guy that served one up over dead center? Like, isn't that a bigger problem than what some writer reported that Arcia was saying after a game? Like, you didn't get him out, and he, he's hit more postseason home runs 14 than any player in major league history in the playoffs, so you are a long way from saying that this guy did something that was so egregious that he may have cost the team a game i mean well, I, there's I locker just, room material locker you know bulletin board material you know, all, all the time sure all the time in every sport all the time I mean yeah you know, you know and, and listen we i mean just to kind of take it to a different level like. So we're in the club, we're in the locker room, if you will, at One Buck Place, and we finally got back in there, and it's been a while since COVID and all that, but, um, and I think Greg Allman wrote about this, so you notice, hey, the players have chess boards, and they're all sitting down playing chess, right? There's been ping pong tables in there and, and different, you know, dark games and stuff, but this time, like, you got four or five different tables going with timers of guys playing chess. Now, they did it during the media period, so we were privy to it. It's not illegal. we're not, They're not gambling or anything. So I think it was Greg Allman or somebody who wrote a story about that. Like, hey, they got chess boards in the clubhouse, and here's why they like it, and here's what they do, and who's the best player and, and all of that. Now, very much it's their sanctuary, but not if you're going to let us in there and and be actively playing while we're there. Now, no one should sit down next to the guy and try to distract him there is a certain etiquette, you know, to how you go about your business and interviewing players and using the PR staffs and whatnot, but like, you know, you could write, "Hey, the Bucks have a big bunch of chessboards in here." Just like we wrote back in the day that there was huge ping pong games going on, you know, during the media session. So, you know, all of that is is sort of kind of, you know, part of it, but I was just I was kind of floored by sort of the pushback that uh you know, that that was put on these guys because all they did was their jobs. And, you know, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't get, you know, sort of chastised for doing that.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
1: slash people today. All right, so it's a big weekend. I mean, you've got college football, of course, looking forward to... Uh, some of the games on on that slate, especially Oregon and Washington, that's going to be a great one. The Tampa Bay Lightning uh, begins sort of a two game road trip. They're going to be at it's a three game road trip, but they have two of them this weekend. Games. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Detroit and then Ottawa over the weekend. right? Yep, and then Buffalo on Tuesday. Buffalo on Tuesday. Okay, so they're they're bonding and doing their thing on the road, and then of course on Sunday, four twenty five. New starts been flexed out. If you got tickets to this game, just remember that. It is the Bucks hosting the Detroit Lions, a chance to go four and one, and I think, for my money, establish themselves as one of the top three teams in the NFC. Wouldn't that be crazy? Uh, if by Sunday at eight o'clock we were talking about that, uh, it's just it, it's a great opportunity for them and a chance with a, a few more healthy bodies to uh, to see if they can keep this winning winning ways, staying alive. I was just anyway, telling you
0: before we tape the wrap up there, Acuna Junior's up. Yeah, Braves down three one. Top of the seventh, bases loaded. Acuna's up, drove okay. it to the warning track. Oh, caught, crushed it to to left center field,
1: but caught on the warning track. Oh right. my gosh, game of inches, man. Game of inches. They had the right guy up there though. That's yeah. for sure. Acuna versus Kimbrel. So now we're going to the bottom of the seventh. Phillies have a three one lead. Still time. Still oh, a close so. game. We'll As sure you hear this, you'll know the outcome. But yeah, of course you will if you bother to check. But yeah. That's what we do. We do play by play for you here. We're here for you in case you didn't have a chance to see the game. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening. We'll be back to talk to you guys on Monday about the Bucks and the Lions and so much more college football. All of that right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay for Steve Burst and Gummer Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.